Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Sprigs, the FFC podcast where we coach you in the Word. Today, we pick up with teachings from Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hope you're enjoying this. Today, we're going to begin with verse 4. Before we do that, we want to welcome all of those of you from around the nation and around the world who are studying the Word of God along with us. We pray that you are being blessed. We welcome your communication at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. Then we also want to remind you of our book, I Surrender. It's available on Amazon or at your local bookstore. Let's get started with a word of prayer, and then we will dive in to Paul teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God says to us. Then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us through the Holy Spirit. From there, Father, we will receive what it is you need us to know, do, understand, and demonstrate, and we'll release it to your people, and from from that we will be led, directed, guided, corrected, brought into new knowledge that's going to help us draw ever closer to you. I give you praise for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is my high priest, my Lord, my man, and the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. The distinctive means by which the Holy Spirit speaks is what makes the difference. I have been describing for you from verse 3 the distinctives of the actions and leadings of the Spirit. In these distinctives there are gifts, These are spiritual endowments that are released into man to accomplish what's been spoken in verse 3. In verse 3, the Word of God spoke these words, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So in verse 3, we saw... Uh, what was released into a ma- to man to accomplish what's been spoken there. They will also correspond to the works or actions of Jesus, and these actions lead us to his lordship, as well as they are all revealed and replicated in us by the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that's allowed us to see and agree with his actions and then replicate them in us is operating in all of the distinctive gifts that represent the works of Jesus Christ. Verse 5, And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. How these distinctive gifts or endowments manifest may be different as they relate to the specifics of when they are in operation and who may be uh, used to operate them. But they all come from the same Lord. Well, we know that this is Jesus Christ, our Lord, so he is responsible for the ministry of the Spirit. 
This is of critical understanding. Now we see the Spirit operate in distinct ways as he is led to minister by the Lordship of Jesus. It's clear this is an approved work of God by Jesus Christ who is our Lord. Verse 6, And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Now what a revelation verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 12 has for us. We now identify the root of the operation of the Holy Spirit. It is functional out of the Godhead where Jesus sits at the right hand of majesty just as Peter declared that he was in Acts 2.38. Paul has run the supernatural work that we know as the work of the Holy Spirit right back to Jesus. It is a work that is orchestrated by him out of the Godhead. Now where does he work as the man in the Godhead bodily? He works all in all. This means he works thoroughly through the Holy Spirit. It is from here that he closes the circle of salvation and makes man whole. What a mighty God we serve. We have seen demonstrated by Paul as we read verses 4 through 6. What have we seen? We have seen the members of the Godhead expressed in the ministry of the Spirit. We have seen the Spirit himself in the distinction of the different and diverse representation of these gifts. We have seen the Lord, which represents the Lordship of Jesus Christ as he attends to the service of these gifts. In other words, his attention to these gifts bring everything that has a name and everything that has a tongue into his service by the use of these gifts. This serves to be a phenomenal advantage to the one who will surrender to the operations of these gifts. Now why is that? Because the Lordship of Jesus Christ is operating directly through those who are surrendered to control your world and by the force of his administration make your world become a blessing to you. This is dynamic influence that is exerted upon the world in which you live by the power, presence, and presentation of his lordship applied to your circumstances and situations and operated from the Godhead. The power, presence, and presentation operated from the Godhead. What we see here is that people do not want the dynamic influence of his lordship or the operation from the Godhead upon their lives. They don't even want to read his word and believe what he says. They have self-determined what they desire to add to their belief system, system and what they do, in fact, not desire. These desires are without respect to anything taught or spoken by Jesus in his ministry and from his message or the things that he began to do and to teach. It certainly is without respect to his direct teaching. Now there is another direct statement that goes even deeper than verses 4 and 5, and it involves the Godhead, and it is brought out in verse 6. 
The Godhead operates the gifts in various ways. This is in accordance with what the man in the Godhead identifies as to how he needs to be involved and to involve himself in the affairs of men. In diverse operations, what does that mean? There are many different ways in which the Godhead operates in the nine gifts. Each gift is operated specifically to the need. Each gift is specific to the truth that needs to be obtained or exposed exactly when it is required to be obtained and exposed. How does the operation work? It produces an effect upon the believer that impacts or manifests in his natural world. There are three gifts that impact the thoughts of man. These come to man through the gift, but are specific to the need. This is what makes the control of their gifts by the Godhead so significant. Only the Godhead has the complete understanding and the complete knowledge of what is the absolute answer that is required so that the person can profit with all or the people can profit with all. The Godhead knows the end from the beginning, my friend. Scripture declares that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. From Second Chronicles 16.9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards them. Now the ending of that says, Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. But the concept of the eyes of the Lord running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong is given to those whose heart remains perfect toward him. Zechariah 4.10, For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then Jesus declares in John 14.18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Then there are the three gifts that would allow a man to be creative like God. These gifts are specifically operated to be a creative force for good to the people of God. They serve to meet the needs of the people in the same way that Jesus met the needs of those who followed his ministry. Now remember, we are left here to continue what Jesus began to continue and to do, or to do and to teach. This, of course, is how the Lord confirmed the word with signs following for those who operated in his lordship in Mark 16. These three creative gifts are the means through which Jesus manifests himself to those who follow his commands. So, that, so what, then, are the ways in which we would follow his commands? The believer would come in his gifts his gifted faith from God and believe upon grace and the blood. From here, the one gifted with the activity of the Godhead would release the divine operation of ultimate faith which comes from the Godhead to reveal the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, I'll stop right here and say, 
I shortly am going to do a, a message, it'll take three or four sessions, called The Triangle of Love. From that triangle, we are going to ascertain, understand, obtain the knowledge of how the blood, grace, and faith operate. We're going to come into understanding of what the point of entry is and then what is appropriated and how it is appropriated. It's going to be dynamic. It's called the triangle of love, and you don't want to miss that. The believer would come, number two, asking, seeking, and knocking. The believer would come understanding the actions of Jesus and have these actions replicated in his spirit. The believer would come surrendered in his mind as evidenced by the surrender of his tongue. That is crucial. The tongue, the Bible said, can set on fire the course of hell. By the same token, the tongue that is led by the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus can set on fire the eternal economy of God where every promise is yea and amen in Christ Jesus. The believer would come expressing the love of God that causes him to operate in power and a sound mind which has been stirred up by the gifts that have been placed in him or her by the laying on of hands. The believer accepts the word of God as it has been written, and he or she studies to show themselves approved before God. Now here's the key. They have no notions, perceived, prior, that create self-determination, that come from false teachings, false doctrine, or another gospel. They do not work to separate, but they work to gather with Christ. Then there are the speaking gifts. These gifts are the most widely used. There is a reason for this. The tongue concept seems to show the most spiritual of engagements with the people. It requires both a spokesperson who is as well to be an interpreter. The words spoken are related to the people from the Godhead directly. This is the one used most frequently, and it probably is the one perceived to carry the most weight. However, Paul will teach us of how best to use this gift, but the vocal gifts exist for the following reasons. Jesus Christ still speaks. Why? Because he has promised he would not leave us comfortless and that he would come to us. He still speaks to encourage or admonish the church of which he is the head. He still speaks to show the unrighteous that they are without the one to whom they will answer in eternity. He still speaks to command the church he still speaks to provide revelation to his people. He still speaks to provide the things that are prepared for his people of which they may be unaware. 
He still speaks to engage the believer. So as we look into Paul's teaching on the spiritual gifts, we identify something that his voice has not been brought forward. Spiritual gifts are delivered by the entire body of the heavenly economy. The Holy Spirit, the Lordship of Jesus, and his position as the man in the Godhead bodily. It is from their compilation of work that we are and become complete in him. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, although we have taken that moniker, is somewhat of a misnomer because we see the Spirit, the Lordship of Jesus, and the Godhead involved in the operation of the Holy Spirit. Now why do I say that? Because it is the corporate work of the Godhead that establishes themselves operational in you. So as we buck the Holy Spirit, as we fight against the Holy Spirit, as we reject and refuse the Holy Spirit, we are not rejecting and refusing the Holy Spirit. We are rejecting, according to Paul's writing, the Godhead, because Paul, in verses 4 through 6, clearly defines that this is coming out of the coordination of the Godhead. So when we refuse and disapprove of the works that Jesus Christ has done that have been approved by the Godhead, my friend, we're not rejecting the Holy Ghost. We are not rejecting just the Holy Ghost. We are not rejecting just tongues. We are rejecting the operation of the Godhead that is put forward to us by the works that flow from the throne room of God through the Holy Ghost. This Holy Spirit operation in the church is vital, and that is why Jesus said we, should, we cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost, because His work in the church, in the people, is essential. When we look at the covenant in Hebrews chapter 8, we find him saying that he is going to operate in our spirit and he is going to operate in our minds and he is going to be our God and we are going to be his people. Glory to God for it. Why? Because in the operation of the Holy Spirit, the Godhead manifests himself in the spirit and the mind of the believer and becomes the God of the believer and the believer then becomes his people, all coordinated, all put together in the grand design of, of God. The infilling is completed when the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit reside in you. Listen to what Jesus taught from John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he'll keep my commands, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him. We will come unto him and make our abode in him. Now we refer this as the baptism of the Spirit. Why? Because it is the baptism of the Spirit that God shows the immersion of His Spirit into your spirit. This immersion is the condition of which wholeness is represented in the Spirit. How do we become aware that this immersion in the Spirit of God has in fact occurred? The expression of the evidence of speaking in tongues becomes the evidence of the immersion 
of a man into the Spirit of God. This is how it was accomplished on the day of Pentecost. And it is apparent throughout the emotions in the book of Acts that this continued so we can rest assured that this evidence continues today. Now we know that the emotion into the Spirit of God is the condition where the Godhead is able to express itself through you. The promise of the Father then is not solely the diversities or the distinctions of the Holy Spirit. It is deeper and greater than that. It is the operation of His Lordship and the operation of His vast knowledge as the man in the Godhead bodily, as He sees the flow of conditions that are occurring in the earth. How do we know it? Because Jesus said, he would show us things to come. So the characterization of this being the acts of the Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, although is the way we term it, we must understand that the Godhead is involved with this spiritual infilling and the spiritual infilling causes the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to reside. It is the Spirit of God that is the application from which the Holy Spirit, in his role as replicator, operates. He is seen as being the one who operates in the distinct actions that are identified as manifesting in man. But these actions become replications of the activity that is completed from the Lordship of Jesus and the information that is shared to man from his position in the Godhead bodily. Because of these misunderstandings concerning the official work of the Spirit of God and the replications that are completed due to the Spirit of God's direction, the church to some extent has been misinformed concerning how the Spirit of God functions. In their uneducated responses, they've determined to make void the things of which the Holy Spirit is charged by Jesus Christ, who is the man in the Godhead, to create, develop, and demonstrate. My friend, this is tragic for the church. What God has designed and designated in his administration and operation for the church is most dynamic. But we have dug our heels in and said an absolute no. We think we're saying a no to a doctrine, but we're not. We think we're saying no to a church organization, but we are not. We have even said we will receive the Holy Spirit on these terms, but we cannot. What we are actually doing based on Paul's teaching is we are actually digging our heels in concerning the work of the Godhead. We're digging our heels in and saying no to what God approved to be the mechanism and the means whereby the church, the believer, could prosper and have advantage in everything. Yep, we have absolutely dug our heels in and said no 
to the work of the Godhead. Why have we done that? Because we didn't desire to surrender our tongue to the diversity of His gifts. We just don't understand it. We don't study it. We don't believe it. We self-determine that that's not so. So therefore we live uneducated lives concerning spiritual things. The ability to allow the Lord to function through you and then use the different means of effectiveness that He offers from the collective design of the Godhead, my friend, is essential. We're missing the abiding Spirit of the Father and the Son and and the ability that they have to instruct the Holy Spirit and do so with precision so that He can replicate in the life of you, the believer, the things, the ministry, the guiding, the leading, the directing, the words that you need when you need them, showing you things to come in whatever the circumstances are of which you are engaged. Think about that. Why have we done that? Because we do not desire to give up the single thing that keeps us earthly, that keeps us worldly, and that keeps us attached to our natural inclinations. We don't want to give up our own intellect. My friend, that's a sad place of which we have self-determined for our existence or your existence in the spiritual world. Why would that be? Because you come short in the things that ensure that you profit with all. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. How the Spirit expresses, exhibits, and bestows the instruction of God to a person is provided for the purpose of bringing you the advantage in everything in your, not just church work, but in everything in your life. Would you consider it an advantage to have the mind of Christ? Would you consider it an advantage to have the mind of Christ spoken and the Holy Spirit available to replicate His words? Would you consider it an advantage to have the insight of the inside knowledge that is possessed in the Godhead? Would you consider it an advantage to be given ideas that are prearranged to succeed? Would you consider it an advantage to be provided with the entirety of a concept that was required to produce a windfall of opportunity? On all accounts, you would say, yes, of course, we all would. But yet, you go to places that teach you to reject the very things that I've just described. Your preachers, your doctrines, your churches are keeping you in the conditions that Jesus defined in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. That He was specifically sent by the Spirit of the Lord to break down and to eliminate and bring man into the acceptable year of Jubilee. You're kept poor, you're kept bruised, you're kept broken, you're kept mind, blind, and you maintain your position in captivity and bondage. Why? Because you've never come into operation in the element that was approved by God for the Godhead 
in its administrative value to bring to you through the Spirit of God and the the work of the Holy Spirit the insight concepts and ideas that will put you into a position where you are operating in the advantage, subsequently profiting in all. Now from there we can take this and go in a lot of different directions. But if we operate in the Spirit of God, we are destined to be successful. We are destined to have peace. We are destined to know things that other people don't know. We are destined to have insight that others are unaware of. We are destined to have answers that others don't know. We are destined to say words at the precise moment when that word will set on fire the heavenly economy that will bring to your advantage and your prosperity the thing that you need at the moment you need it. Well, we would say yes on all accounts because we would realize this is exactly what Jesus has defined for us as the work of the Spirit of God for it to do directly for you. He said the Spirit would guide you. The Spirit would show you things to come. The Spirit would give you things to speak. Now let's quickly examine how Jesus characterized the Holy Spirit in relation to how he would interact with the believer. He determined him to be a comforter. He would be one called alongside to help. The Greek word is paraclete. So Jesus says that he will send the one who will come to them and that they would not be left comfortless. Now the Holy Spirit is coming and you're operating in the goods of the immersion in to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The evidence of tongues has come forth for you to know that they reside in you. Then, my friend, you can go into your spirit and find out any answer you want. You can go into your soul and get it out of there, and you can manifest it into the earth. Why? Because these things are given for you to profit with all. Father, I pray that you'll minister the Word of God to your people tonight. Open our eyes, God, that we can see. We're not done, but we're finished. And we give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Find Him as Lord, my friend. That's where He's operating this this spiritual operation from. Find Him as the Man in the Godhead, and out of there He's going to speak administer the Spirit and show you great and mighty things that you know not. May God richly bless you until we speak again.